Hello, hello, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Covered It, as brought to you by the boys from QuackGolf.com, the place to go for all your golfing apparel needs. I came up with that myself, lads, by the way. Um, once again, this podcast is sponsored by none other than Lions Links. Um, make sure you get on to lionslinks.com to check out some uh, some interesting golf trips. They, I believe they have two spots left um, for a trip to St. Andrews um, that is coming up soon. So make sure you, you get on to that and have a look. Um, I am once again joined by my two beauties, Mr. Scott Sullivan and Mr. Ben Scott. How are we doing, lads? Scott, I'll start with you first. How are you mm-hmm. feeling? I'm very, very well, Shan. Um, good to see you. Good to be back in, in the boot. Um, keeping well. Not feeling this cold, miserable weather in Ireland at the minute, but uh, it's not very golf friendly. Um, so I've, I've changed my background here today. Looking forward to our trip to Waterville um, with the Lion Lynx, the K- Kingdom Cup, as you say, um, in the start of April, correct? Um, so looking forward to uh, looking forward, thinking of better times. Nice sunny background because... I'm sick of this rain, man. It's really starting to cold and it's starting to depress me. But thinking of happier yes. times. Well, th- speaking of sunnier, sunnier days and sunnier times, he's only just back from Dubai. He is our friend, but he is also a golf manager agency kind of guy uh, yeah. who manages professional, professional golfers. None other than Fabrizio Zanotti, the... Uh, the Prince of Paraguay, um, if he's happy with that. With that, um, Ben, you're just back from Dubai. You were out watching some golf, some playing some golf. Um, Fabrizio was obviously playing as well. <laughs> How did he get on? He Fabrizio played two days of golf. <clears throat> he uh, took the weekend off. You got to take the weekend off sometimes, you know. Sorry, excuse me. I have a frog in my throat. Um, yeah, he he had a long old flight over from. Uh, I think he was in Peru for Christmas. He came from Peru, got in on Sunday night, battled with jet lag. When he said he walked around a few of the shopping malls, kind of seven eight o'clock at night to keep himself awake, mm. um, and then just yeah, couldn't get going. But he's back up. He's in back in rack this week. He's got a couple more weeks on the road, so yeah. we're hoping hoping for him to bounce back and looking for a good week. But Shani, what, what just... age is what age is Fabrizio? Do you mind me asking? Uh, Fabrizio would be about forty. He is exactly forty. Actually, I've just googled. Um, that's tough going, good, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. It is um... tough being that far away, and I think he's got three young kids living in Paraguay. Um, it's just it's and it's difficult. Like it's expensive. Imagine bringing your whole family from Paraguay to Europe for a couple of events. Yeah, it's it's tough. Wow, Paraguay is very far away. Mm. Not just a golf podcast, but also a ge- geography lesson for Shani. Shani, I um, wanted to just yes. compliment you on that intro and that ad read. I thought that was excellent. It flowed. It was exemplary. Like it? Yeah. Right. And I wanted to just follow on. Um, this, this ain't a hobby, Ben. There is. I was, was, was going to ask, are you trying to be the Marty Morrissey of uh, <laughs> Irish golf there with your, the Paraguayan prince or whatever you call him for? I feel like I am. Um, I could get a. I wonder, could I get the Rose of Tralee or something like that? Mm. It, Okay, yeah, that's a, that was such a <laughs> random ass tangent from whatever Marty Marcy or a golf podcast. It's like, I wonder could I get the Rose of Tralee? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ben, you're you're dying to ask me a question there for ages. No, I was just saying there is in fact two spots left on uh, 
the St. Andrews trip with Slines Link. So if anyone's interested in that, get in touch with us or them. But also, I was chatting to the lads and they've increased the size of the Kingdom Cup from 40 people to now 60 people. Oh, said, wow. Yeah. He yes. said when, when I introduced 12 uh, degenerates to the group, he said we better make, make the whole group bigger to dilute it down a bit. So this is your call out to uh, anyone who look, looking for a golf trip in April. Come join the Covered It podcast plus our friends. I was actually only saying it to someone on the dart here. I got a, on the dart home from work. There was a, a random man on the dart. Basically, yeah. excuse me, you look like you have a wicked poor uh, iron in you. Um, but I say to one of the lads, they were thinking of going somewhere else, and I was like, "Well, you should look at a uh, look at some. Send them over the information. Could yeah. have a couple more to add." I tell you, do you know what? We'd probably sell out the whole thing by ourselves. Yeah. We would. No, I I, I, I would. I don't know if they'd ever want us back in the town of Waterville yeah. again. But I mean, I would stress to anyone. Like, okay, if first of all, if you are listening to this podcast right now, then thank you. But also, if you happen to, I don't know, go to the gym and just plug us in and not basically not listen to a single word we say for 40 minutes, just listen right now. Book yourself <laughs> in to the Lions Links. You will not regret it. It is a fantastic th- way to spend a Thursday, Friday, and a Saturday in April. Um, Right. And also, also, if, you, also yes. if you go to the gym and you put on this podcast and you don't listen to any of it and this is your like background thing you want to have a good look at yourself this is like much better options out there than us rather talking. elevator music does shani uh, here being i would like, say fabrizio would... the paraguayan prince has come all the way Jesus, i would say half of our i don't know 500 downloads or whatever it is an episode are just like background noise we're just background yeah. noise to people um, well, I, I think we might have them for the first five to ten minutes, but then we go on to some absolute shite talk solilo- soliloquies about like absolute crap, and then people are like, "All right, that's enough of it for me." I don't know. I think listen, they just want to hear your intro, Shani. Listen, um, uh, just before I get into the four lines of notes that I've made for this for this podcast, which I'm just going to all get out in one because I've had zero preparation for this. But um, if you haven't listened already, I. Um, carried out another podcast with uh, Mr. Derek Murray, um, who is uh, a master, a master craftsman, a master, a master club fitter, um, and he's from Four Golf Ireland over in Clean Castle Golf Club, um, and he is um, a, a very uh, nice man, and we had a great chat. So if you're into your, if you're a geek and you're into your equipment, get over and have a look at that one. Right, did, moving on to sorry. It, well, no, let's let's skip over that, Jenny. How did it feel like taking the reins just all by yourself, leading? You, you know, know what? Through? I absolutely loved it. I actually loved not having a year round. That's um, a really weird comment, but um, <laughs> but I love how you really. It was like, quiet. It was calm. It was very. It was chatty. You know, it was just a great conversation. Um, Do you know what would be great next time is if you could edit the thing as well, not having to send me over the file <laughs> and get me to edit it while I'm in Dubai. <laughs> Yes, I, I like it, how you. But, but listen, I I'm not good with computers, as they say. Um, I also like how you've really become a part of our business, where you're now running the podcast by yourself, and you also, <laughs> you also have an email address of shanny at quack dot com, where I'm now getting emails from people, and that you're cc'd in them, which I think <laughs> you've really infiltrated this business really well. Sneaking in, sneaking in. Um, yes, head of vibes, um, shanny at quackgolf.com. Send me a mail if you want. Um, but yeah, that was a great chat. Um, he's a, he's a he's a member in the old head, Scott. He's mad oh, into the old head. Oh, the Kinsale. So hopefully, we'll get him back on again and have a chat. Um, okay. Um, uh, moving on swiftly to the Crows 
at the Jameson Links golf course in Dublin, right? These lads are so smart, it's ridiculous, right? Just, just to confirm, I, you, you are talking about the bird, a crow. Yes. Not okay. the band. Black just, crows, right? Yeah, I was okay. just about to say, it isn't the band have just showed up and started playing, yeah. And as always, um, as part of my pillars of the pod, we should always have a golf strand in any sort of... Um, in any sort of topic that we discuss. So I was on a golf course, which is my home golf course, and there are crows on this golf course that are able to unzip your bag and pull out a, a, a large bag of peanuts and fly away with them. Choose the large bag. I mean, peanuts aren't exactly light. You know, they were, they were, they were salted as well. Um, and, uh, he literally unzipped my golf bag, pulled them out, and legged away with it. It's it's actually very frightening what they can do. I am, um, yeah, I can back that up. When we when I was down in uh, Drumoland playing a bit of golf um, with my brother in law, who hadn't been playing very good golf, but he got to one of the holes and he finally hit a lovely yellow ball down the middle of the fairway. And as we're walking up to the fairway, doesn't a big crow come over and pick up his ball and drop it on top of a hill? <laughs> So no way. what's the I wonder what's the rule there? Um Laser I, guess, I guess you just because... get to drop in a where you think it was. I, I'm not sure because didn't um I think Greg Norman was playing the players once on the seventeenth on the island hole and a seagull picked up his ball. It may not have been Greg Norman, could have been Freddie Couples, but somebody yeah, had <laughs> Yeah, I think I remember that. And they had to try and retrieve the actual golf ball. Oh, because you have to oh, identify it, is it or, or something? No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd appreciate a, a fact check on that there, Scott, if you could, you know, do something. Um, so, <laughs> um, my next, my next, uh, my next note here took me a while to figure out what it actually means, but it was Ronnie Flood follows qu- follows Quack. And I don't, I don't know who Ronnie Flood was, but I know who Ronan <laughs> Flood is. So it obviously auto-corrected in my, flo- in my phone. So yeah, Podrick, Harrington, Ro- um, Podrick Harrington's caddy, Mr. Ronan Flood, follows Quack. He does? Shout out. Is that the end of your sure. story? Oh, you sorry. Might... Uh, sorry. I, th- that's my note. But also, yes, you, were chat- you met him, Ben, and you had a chat. Myself and Nick were just... Uh... At the HSBC, is it, is it called the HSBC? No, just the Dubai Desert Classic. Yeah. Um, and happened to be standing beside him, and Nick just got chatting to him and mentioned Quack. He's like, oh, I follow you. Um, so we were actually hoping to run into him later in the week and maybe get him on the pod. Um, that didn't materialize. So if he does happen to listen to the pod, Ronan, this is our this is our request to get you on the pod. We also had a serious debate about whether we should go talk to Rory's security guard about getting him on the pod. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, so I've seen funny. a lot of uh, clips of Rory's security guard. He's in. He's just getting a lot of media attention at the moment. Once, once you see him, once you can't unsee him. And That's for the it. first time yeah. ever, I saw him sat having a coffee without Rory. Like I presumed, he followed him into the changing room. He went in the shower with him. Like he's always just over his shoulder. But uh, yeah, but amazing. For anyone who may not know what we're talking about, it's Rory McIlroy's bodyguard, who is a large build of a man with ginger hair and he is from somewhere in England I think didn't we yeah, figure up, that out up the north in England and he's got a he's got a rammed full backpack which I've no idea what's in it um and I just 
I just am really intrigued about how that relationship came about and he now yeah. just follows him everywhere inside the ropes. I go. like how I like how this point started where like are we that short for content where Sorry, um, yeah. Um this person follows Quack Golf, so that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know, wow, okay. Um ah, that's kind of nice. Shani, um, before you, uh, I'm not sure what are the topics you have to cover off. Are, are we going no, we through can, the shadow? We can, we can, we can go to shadow. Yeah, we can do shadow. It's like, I, I only have two more topics, so we can do them at the end. I just have a major shout out. Um, I know, Shani, you're a big fan of a Super Saturday. <clears throat> it's one of those yes. perfect days where you get the boys together, you go play golf, have a few beers. And this past Saturday, I just I just had one, one of the good Saturdays of the year, of, of the last 10 years. Myself yes. and Nick, who's a member of Quack, who lives out in Dubai, went down to play Yaz Links with Josh Glynn and Rob Courtney. So shout out to those two boys. He got in the car early. We drove down to Abu Dhabi. If anyone doesn't know what Yaz Links, the golf course is, I think it's it's ranked within the top 25 in the world. It's just spectacular course, great facilities, sat down nice and early, had a coffee, hit some balls on the range, had a ding dong match between the four of us had a few pints afterwards it was nick's birthday it was just one of those saturdays where everything aligned and uh i know you're a fan of those, those so yeah shout out to the boys it was it was for looking after me out in dubai and uh for bringing me down there it was great fun i think i think the only thing you were missing was a full premier league kind of fixture list as well but we had, you know you were close we because of the time difference we came in and the the 12 30 arsenal match was on so we watched arsenal against crystal palace we drove back to dubai and then we went out to the pub and we watched Munster play. So the only thing oh, we were missing was a Munster win. Fortunately, they lost to Northampton. But apart from that, it was one of, one of the Saturdays for the ages. Can you talk to me about Dubai in terms of... Uh... Okay, so the, the Dubai Desert Classic, first off. Um, it looks like the best event ever to go to because there's just no crowds. You just get so close to it. So why do you think that is and, and how good was it being so close? I guess the crowds are from like Dubai citizens or people who, who aren't expats who live there just aren't that into golf. They it's not the there. sort of thing they want to go do on a Sunday is go watch golf. So you basically just get all the expats who go out there to watch. And I guess the ones that are interested in golf ends up being not too many. So yeah, it is a excellent event to go to, to, to get up close. Like we followed Rory on the Sunday pretty easily. Like, you'd have to go kind of one or two holes ahead if you want to get a good spot. But if, you, yeah. if you're if you okay with looking over people, it's very easy, very accessible. Um, and nice. it's a nice, nice course. And just, yeah, they're well set up. It's obviously a Rolex event, so they pull out all the stops. Um, so, yeah, no, it's and, good. And um, come here to me. What are we talking green fee-wise in, in Yad's links? I act, uh, it was a bit of a deal because Nick is a member of a course out there, but it was €135. Euro. Is yeah. what I paid um, okay. as like a as a guest of of him who was a member of the course. I think it was slightly cheaper for him, but like for a top twenty five course in the world, that's pretty good. That's super. Yeah, yeah. And any really, um, any night golf? We didn't play any night golf. There, the one that Nick would normally play was being used as a car park for Emirates Golf Club, where the oh, okay. tournament was on. Um, but we did play. We played out in the creek, which is where he's a member, which is where the Dubai Invitational was on the week before. That was a bit of fun, and then we also played on another course, uh, which I can't remember the name of. But good, good golf out there. It's a little bit like the first course. I'd say was a bit um, kind of like a Portugal golf course. Nice, generous fairways. Can't really lose a golf ball. 
Lovely. You, you kind of put your name down. You're always going to end up playing with another two expats who, like the first yeah. day we ended up playing with two pilots. I, I want to shout out his name. I think it was John. John something. <laughs> he shot four under, the most casual four under in really? your life. Really? Like, wow. 50 year old John, we got to like the seventh hole. He was six under and I was like, John, like, what do you play off? And he was like, oh, you know, this new shagging handicap system, you know, it's not, says I'm, says I'm a plus two, but I'm just a scratch golfer. And I was like, mate, you're, you're six under here. Um, oh, wow. I'd lo- 50, loads of time yeah. left for us. So yeah, no, it was good. Would, would recommend my, fir- my first time in Dubai, um, recommended for going out for a bit of golf. And if you can tie in a bit of a golf tournament, then yeah, it, the, Crowds aren't big, very good access, great to watch. Sounds good to me, Scott. We we go next year. Yeah, sign me up. Like I was just gonna do a little recap of like the weekend's golf and like my starting point is obviously the Dubai Desert Classic where it happened. I have a theory. Um that so obviously for anyone who didn't watch the golf or didn't get to see it that much, uh Rory won the Dubai Desert Classic for a record equally or well, a record fourth time. Um mm-hmm. Beat it for Adrian Moronk, Adrian Moronk by a shot. Um, the man who has the best looking girlfriend in the world, Adrian Moronk. Um, <laughs> really? Uh, uh, yeah, she's unbelievable. Uh, and then from Cam Young as well. Good to see an American in the mix over there in Dubai. But I have a theory that Rory should just pack in the golf and should start yeah. doing what Michael Jordan does, where supposedly you, Michael Jordan, if you play golf with him, he'll play anyone for any figure of cash. Right. So I think that Rory should pack in the golf and just move to Dubai and play golf only in Dubai and do match betting because Rory is insane. In Dubai. I think you literally just said, I think Rory should pack in the golf, move to Dubai <laughs> and play golf. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Pack in the, the PGA Tour, the Ryder Cup, all of the stuff that, you know, that we care about. And I think he should just focus on playing match golf for cash in Dubai because the man is a machine after Thursday, Friday, yes. I was like, I don't know if he's gonna really gonna feature. It's a bit of a shame, but I was like, oh, can't yeah. be on the ground. Yeah, then he just comes out of nowhere. And then on Sunday, like, even you know, I don't know, I just never felt like he was gonna lose in my head. I was just like, he's definitely gonna win this. Um, I, I really enjoy, I actually really enjoyed the last, the both, um, the two Dubai events the last two weeks. Um, probably the time of day as well. It's nice. You wake up in the morning yeah. and you, you're, you, they're already almost on the back nine. It's brilliant. Yeah. Big time, um, and then is it, is it the is the Raz Al Khaimah this week? Is it? Yeah, oh, still out just there, up the road. So it starts okay. tomorrow, um, in Al Hamra Golf Club, I think is it Al Hamra, I believe. Yes, I think you're right. Actually, yeah. <clears throat> I just, and, I'm just and anything, well. anything to note on players in the Dubai Desert Classic? I'm just Tom McKibben, T14. Well, yeah, it's, I think the two the two boys to make the cut were Rory and uh, Tom McKibben. Tom McKibben tied 14th. Um, how Tung Lee, uh, I like to think that How Tung Lee shows up for maybe one event a year. I feel it's a, he's a yeah, golfer yeah, where yeah, yeah. one week of a year I go, oh yeah, How Tung Lee. And then he does nothing for the rest of the year. So I feel this could have been the one where I'll watch a good bit of How Tung Lee hitting a golf ball. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, none really stood out for me. I don't know, Ben, especially as you were there, were there any? Alex Fitz as well. He was in the top 20, I believe. Um, yeah, I, uh, I gave a hot take on the on the plugged in podcast yesterday at Mark that I think Alex Fitz is going to win more majors than Matt Fitz. Not a chance. Book, Not a chance. book, <laughs> book Mark that. I love that. I really like Alex Fitz. Um, and for anyone who didn't, didn't listen to the, that plugged in pod, 
Um, yeah, rack is a bit of a bomber's course. There's a uh, four par fives. So you just got to make the most of that. And I've gone big on Nicholas Norgard um, next week. I think he's going to he hits the ball so far. Yeah. Interesting. Now, you've only gone that because I believe he was playing with Fabrizio last week and you've watched him for 18 holes, correct? Uh, yeah, I watched him for 36 holes. Oh, oh, even more. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, well, I was sure if that was just one of those ones that you'd built off the stats or if it was just live viewing, you were like, that guy's a big bomber. And you're like, he's got go it. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with a big bomber. Talking, um, about, talking about big bombers, T3 for a Mr. Kevin Yu over on the PGA mm. Tour. I was just about to transition and, to my review yes. of the PGA Tour last week, and I actually it was part <laughs> of my uh, part of my little spiel that I was going to go on. Take it away, take it away. Uh, well, I'll jump straight to that. So, for anyone who doesn't know, um, Kevin Yu is someone that was out injured last year, but he became quite famous in our podcast um, <clears throat> because he had what was the exact stat, Shani, that he was in the top? Was it? He was. was um, it, he's a bomber. He was up. He was up there with. Stro- he was up there on <clears throat> strokes gains off the tee. Off the tee. So that's why I picked him for the US Open, not that's knowing right. that he was not in the field, nor was he in any field for the next six months. Yeah, so he, he you kind of came out of left field, and it was in around the time where you were making suggestions that Patrick Cantley was an outsider for events. And, uh, and some of Tom those... Kim was Irish. And Tom Kim was That was, was you, Ben. I've come um, a long way since then. You've you've come a, a very long way, but at the time, ever since we've become obsessed with with Kevin Yu, um, and the fact that he came tied third at the weekend was a very important topic of conversation in our WhatsApp group. But could see him back on the golf course, and he shot a final round nine under. Yeah, but balled on the last yeah. day to get up there. Um, his actual sorry, his actual name, his actual full name is Chun An Yu. Yeah, well, but Kevin he doesn't go like. I think basically when they get off the plane, they just pick a name and then whoever sat beside them. <laughs> no, I actually I I went to college with a guy from China, and he literally that's he told me he I think he picked Roy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was like, oh uh, uh, yeah, it's it's that's what they do. I think they just get off the plane. <laughs> do we edit that out? Do we anyway? Um, so at the weekend for the PGA Tour, the American Express was on at the PGA West Private Clubhouse um, golf course. Um, and what a weekend for Nick Dunlap. So for anyone who doesn't know Nick Dunlap, he is the first amateur golfer in 33 years to win a PGA tournament. Um, I think he's the youngest amateur to win in the PGA Tour since 1910. It's a fact for you. But most importantly, Nick Dunlap is a proud member of Roll Tide Roll University Tide. Alabama. Which when I saw it, I was kind of like, oh yeah, that's cool to see someone win something different. Then when I found out that on his scorecard he had roll tied, um, mm-hmm. I love Alabama football. I just love the whole. Had you roll seen tide. that before? I pointed that out to you. No, I, did you? Not? I hadn't. I, it was okay. completely new to me. And the reason why, for all the listeners, I think this is great is because years ago I was showed a video of how integral Alabama football is to people in Alabama, where there's videos of people getting arrested and people, you know, just scenarios that they had no reason to, and all their response was when they were questioned was just roll tad. Rotad, y'all, Rotad. And I thought that was one of the funniest things ever. So when I saw that on his um, scorecard holder, I'm now a massive Nick Dunlop fan. Um, would you be able, like, um, would you be able to summarize what Royal Tide means or where it comes from? There's like a long story. So, to it. so well, the bit that I know is that the Alabama football team are called the Crimson Tide. Yes. So that's named, whereas, like, uh, I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head. Like LSU are called the Tigers. 
um, and yeah. so on. And like, they're just called the Crimson Tide. So Roll Tide. The Roll part, look, don't get me wrong, there's a really long story, which I can get it's to. trademark. Is it trademarked? Okay. Well, trademark. I'm not surprised. It's like, it's all over clothes. If you get to see, it's a big A. They're kind of a crimson, obviously natural kind of color to all the jerseys and so on. Um, which, as you can imagine, obviously. But I don't know the big story where it came from, but it's just a way of life. Yeah. You just see so many videos of people just from Alabama just life. being like, roll tad, roll tad. Do you, want me to, uh, do you want me to read out the brief synopsis on uh, Wikipedia here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so roll tide is the rallying cry for the Alabama Crimson Tide athletic teams. The trademark to the phrase is claimed by the University of Alabama. Um, the origins of roll tide are unclear from 1892 to 1906. Commentators popular popularized that's a difficult word the thin red line nickname for the university team later replaced by Crimson Tide. The university fight song originally contained the line "Roll to Victory," later replaced with the phrase "Roll Tide." There you go. But either way, massive Dick Nick Dick Dick, Dick Dunlap. <laughs> oh, that'd be some name, Dick Dunlap. Uh, Nick Dunlap. But sorry, fan. sorry. Um, as as you said, Scott, in terms of it, actually is a way of life because it says here at the very end, it says. Dr. Dorothy Warden Chambers attributes the roll tide as a cultural keyword and emblematic of the culture of Alabama. Unreal. I love oh, that. Absolutely. That's kind of like Munster. Like there's there's a bit of that, like, you know. Or do you think it's like just going Hewia in Dublin? You know, the same way. <laughs> yeah. The Hewias. You know, you call people Hewias, you say Hewias. Um <laughs> Dead. But, but yeah, no, a huge win for Nick Dunlap um, as an amateur. Now it begs the question, um, I've seen it all over Twitter and I know loads of people have various views that like, does he turn pro? Do you not? If he was to turn pro, he has a full calendar ahead of him of things that he's already qualified for. Um, do you keep going? As, yeah. as I think he's a, so is he a sophomore? Or, you yeah, know? sophomore. So the yeah, thing so is, you know, he, yeah, I'd like win... to hear your thoughts on this, Ben. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. Yeah. Um, so with a win, you get exempt for two years in the PGA Tour. So he could for argument's sake not turn pro this year and turn pro next year and still get into a lot of events and whatever the exemptions are because he won the u.s amateur he's already exempt into the masters so whether he turns pro or not he'll be playing in the masters he might want to stay as an amateur to play in that because it's i think it's something to take off your list to play in the masters as an amateur um but i'll be interested to see what he does he doesn't like whatever the the pot for the Amex is 1.2 million or something like that's going to be peanuts to him in the future. Like whatever his Adidas yeah. contract is, is going to dwarf that. So yeah. it'll be interesting. I reckon he'll stay amateur until at least the masters. And then we'll probably see what happens because he will get into all the elevated events with this win. So it could be a good chance, but like you said, he's only a sophomore. So mm. and shout out yeah. to uh shout out to that one on Christian Bezadenhout for coming mm. second in the golf who for anyone who doesn't know the story about Christmas Aidenhood as a kid, definitely go look it up. I think it, I'm not even going to say it as if I know all the facts of it, but I believe he accidentally and just rat poison. He drank, yeah, he, yeah, he drank yeah, rat yeah. poison and like very yeah. nearly died. Well, and he now has had to work back. And when he was winning like junior golf events, his biggest fear when he was like getting close to winning them, which, um, you know, Ben, we, we can attest to this when you're playing in the Britain Golf Society and you're terrified of like, well, I have oh to make God. a speech potentially. And you're coming down 16, 17 going, who do I thank? Will I, I thank can't you? even remember my playing partner's names. Exactly. Roy, do you thank Roy Lee. 
you know, are you standing up there going, who was I playing with? Fuck, what's his name? Is his name Gerald? Is it? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and he had a fear of like underage golf where would he have to make a speech? Um, and like, because the ingesting the rat poison did something to his nervous system, which gave him a bit of a stammer, okay. which if you listen to him in the interview, it, you can hear him, but like, he's yeah, big, when you big know that and how far he's come, it's, yeah, it's incredible. Like what a man also, what a man rocks up, doesn't even win the thing, walks away with all the money. He's like, see you yeah. later boys. I like, wonder how long does Nick Dunlap have to decide to turn pro and take that money? Well, I don't think, no, I don't think he can take that money. Oh, he couldn't, he couldn't like turn pro after the fact. No, because no, he, he played no. in the event as an amateur. Yeah, so he needs okay, to play yeah, in the yeah. event as a pro. Um, Interesting. Interesting. I yeah. wonder, could you, if you shot like 62 on Thursday, could you switch to pro for, for the Friday round? Yeah. I don't know if you can midway Spe- through now. Speaking but, um... speaking of ingesting rat poison, well, kind of, Um, I was going back through our WhatsApp group. So the listeners might not know that we have a WhatsApp group where we just send in kind of news articles and anything interesting that we want to discuss potentially on the uh, next pod. Um, this This article was sent in and we haven't had a chance to discuss it. And I only made me think of it today as I was making a smoothie and as a big banana fan. But apparently the HIV virus has been detected in bananas from Walmart due to some eight-year-old kid. A 10-year-old kid got the virus, went to hospital, tested him, and they were like, yeah, you've got HIV. And they're like, how how could my 10-year-old kid have HIV? And eight, under, eight other kids under the age of 17 also contracted the virus. So... Just, just be on that watch is, out for dodgy looking bananas, okay? The part my, of that story, uh, that part is of that not story, my golf that I, snack anymore now. Bananas gone. Yeah, nuts. The, par- the part of that story, where, no, you have a nuts or you nuts are gone too. Wait, <laughs> nuts are gone too. Keep me doing. I was gonna say the part of that story I don't believe is that you were in your kitchen making a smoothie. Like that sounds like absolute pot. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, yeah. I did actually. For I'm a big banana fan. Um, I also was going through a few other bits. I I came across a very good would you rather question which i'd like to get your response on um so would you rather object at every wedding you go to for the future <laughs> like you have to say i object or would you rather take a selfie at the grave of every few no object at every wedding you go to or take a selfie yeah. at every funeral you go to oh selfie at every funeral when when you say object is that like when the Priest goes, um, yeah, you know, when no, Shrek not like, comes not in. that you, they, not that you, they don't not that you do object that. to the starter of the dinner, Shani. It's obviously oh, yeah, you object yeah, yeah. to the marriage. I don't think they do. I don't think the priest says that at Irish weddings. Is that like an American thing? I think there was but too I, much objecting going on, and he was like, "No, we got to cut this out." Um, so or, object or, or I think if you stood up, Shani, in the middle of any part of the service of your wedding and just shouted, "I object," I think people would get <laughs> yeah, the point. I don't, I don't think here. someone's sitting there going, "God, I hope he asked the question so I can stand <laughs> up." Do you know what I think? Like, um, what was the other one? Funeral, taking a selfie at the like, at a funeral. You yeah. have to like deadpan, take a selfie at, at the side of the grave while like everyone's sobbing and uh, you're you're adding. I, I'd layers, say I'd say the wedding layers to this now. Yeah. I, the the yeah, I'd say the wedding because like people might what? think you're joking, you know, mm. and because everyone's in a great mood for weddings, so I'd rather catch people when they're in a good mood rather than a bad mood. Yeah. Okay. But like, then you've got to go to the wedding and you're like, oh, I was only joking. My I, friend made me do this on a podcast. I'm taking a, <laughs> sel- I'm taking a selfie at, um, at, at funerals. What did you go with, Scott? Taking a selfie at funerals. Like, there's, there's no way every wedding you go to, like, imagine if it's one that you've been like 
invited as like a workmate or like you're going with a plus. Imagine one of Kate's friends gets married, Jenny, and you know no one and you're texting us going, oh, lads, I have to go to this wedding now and I don't know anyone at all. And you just stand up in the back row where you've been, you know, seated with next to Kate and all her mates and you just go, I object. And everyone turns around in a full church. Like, no, uh, give me a selfie. Oh. Like, sorry about this, guys. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, excellent question, Ben. Question. Can't wait for the next one next week. Right. Getting back to golf. Sorry, themed. on that, on that, on that, same as always, uh, we'd love to hear from any of the listeners. Please reach out to yes. Quack Golf or any of us and let us know which one you'd rather, especially if you have a very, a very strong opinion on why you would do one over the other. Please <laughs> let us know because we will happily bring it up in the next podcast. Um, yeah, please. <laughs> Um, okay, third thing here that I have in my notes. We're only on the Brian, third thing. A, a quote from Brian Harmon. Nobody parties anymore. Right? <laughs> I employ you to listen to the No Laying Up Brian Harmon podcast. I wasn't going to give it a go, and I gave it a go. And he's a very, very likable character. He's so um, kind of self-deprecating. Um, and the best part about it was that he hates how many waggles he takes and he hates how long and how slow it's becoming. Uh, mm. He hates that about himself. And I thought that was brilliant because he was like, I know I hate it. I just can't stop it. Like it's, it, I kind of felt sorry for him because he's it's, like, it's a mental thing. It's like a twitch. Like he can't, he has yeah. to do it. So but he's um, not, he's not far off getting the yips then or like, you know, when a, oh, when yeah, a, dart, yeah. a dart, dartitis, when the dart yeah. player can't let go oh, of the dart. Yeah. They're tough based... to watch those videos of, Darts players yeah. like that dart artist. Wow. Yeah. But um, he was basically saying that um, when he first came on tour, there was parties every night, and uh, now nobody parties anymore. They all uh, hit the gym um straight after the round. But honestly, just, go listen I to it. He was very likable character. I just could I'm, never I'm see for Brian Harmon partying anywhere. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. Listen to the pod. You'd, he's a cool character. I like him. On the Dart um, Artist, have we have we discussed um our previous discussion around yes. the hole in one one four seven? We've covered Let's get into the, that. We've covered no, the, yeah. no, we should we should talk about we should talk so, about on the last podcast we discussed whether which was more difficult. So Shani naturally uh, came in with some sweeping statement about how um he was going to do tick off all these things before usually it's some crazy age, something by like thirty five and Shani's already thirty seven. Um so but so Shani came in and went that he had a goal to tick off a nine darter, a hole in one in golf, which he has ticked off to be fair to him, and a one four seven in snooker. And then we decided to have in the conversation of which one would be more difficult and we had various opinions. And then there's actually a man out there, a quite famous man, who's actually done all three. Um Sean Murphy, the snooker player has done uh, 147, I think a couple of times, because he's a pro snooker player. Many times, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's had a hole-in-one, and he's also had a nine-darter. And his nine-darter story is absolutely incredible, Um, where he just went down to the pub one night, and like, not that he just casually plays golf. He's in, I think he was in, like, he plays a good, or darts, excuse me, plays a good bit of darts, just went down to the pub and was playing in a match and threw nine perfect darts. And he's like, I've never got near it since. It's never like, you know, it was a once off thing, but then he breaks down which is more difficult and he comfortably by the end of the video has you convinced that it is a one four seven. Um, just given the fact that he was like, I've I've had a hole in one. It was great. Um, I think it's quite a consensus that a hole in one is the easiest of them all because you can fluke one like the three of us have all had one. Ben's had three. Um, like so whereas like none of us have had a nine dollar one four seven. Um, 
and he kind of describes how he yeah. threw nine perfect darts, just couldn't believe it, has never been here since again. And when he talks about the odds of nine perfect darts, the dartboard doesn't move. You yeah, move the only thing that moves, where thing, he talks yeah. about how on a break in snooker, all it takes is one ball to cover the black or the black is covered off the first red and straight away there goes your chance. Yeah. There has never been a game of snooker that has been played the same yeah. way again. They're but I all think absolutely the, different. Like, I think, like, I agree with him. I think 147 is the hardest. I think the nine guard is next. But, like, the hole-in-one thing, I don't think that should be in there. I think it should be, like, getting to scratch or breaking 65 or, I don't know, breaking... Breaking power, I would say, is more breaking rare Breaking power as an one. amateur golfer, like, you know... Yeah, um, that's a better. I, just, that is I don't think the whole one thing should be in there. I think it it misrepresents golf. You know what? I, I wonder though how many like there's a lot of people who've played a lot of golf. Like Ben, your dad has played a lot of golf. Like shout out Big G, uh, and he's never had a hole in one. Like no. we all play a lot golfers. of golf. We're all low handicap, so like the chance mm. obviously increases. Luke Donald has had eighteen in professional tournaments. I think at I think up until very recently. I'm not sure if, if it's changed since, but I, I definitely think I remember Bernard Langer does not have one. And he plays a lot of golf. Do you know, sorry, do you know who hasn't had one before? Or And like, here's one for you. Well, up to about a year ago when I was talking to you about this topic <laughs> specific, specifically, is John Murphy, professional Irish golfer John Murphy. No hole in one. No. Yeah. And he talked to me before just waiting for mine. And he replied to my Instagram right. story. And I was like, surely you've had one. He's like, nope. That's good. So, I mean, like, the man is a so, professional golfer. Look. Yeah. You know, there is... I just don't think it should be in there. You know what's interesting, Scott, after you said that again, and uh, I found it amazing when he was saying he just threw nine perfect darts, because I think that's just incredible, because I, I've only ever had... I don't play that much darts, but I go into, like, cycles, or I might play a lot of darts for, like, a month, and I've only ever had one 180. So, like, I can't imagine doing a second 180 and then having a 141 checkout. But I think because he's a professional snooker player and he's very good at controlling his nerves, mm. if he hits that first 180, he can calm himself down. It. Whereas if I do it, I'm going to miss the board with the next dart. Like it, it's, yeah. to, I get too excited. The fact that he's a professional sportsman and he's used to high pressure environment, I think would have helped him a lot on that. But I, I think yeah, that's wild. What are the I chances of nine perfect darts? And I think when you take in, because the problem is using Luke Donnell as an example is wrong because like, it's like, it's like talking about how many 147s has Ronnie had, even in practice. Like, mm. you know, he's the great. I know Luke Donald's not the best, greatest golfer ever. No, I know. Like, Sean Murphy's definitely had loads in practice. However, throwing nine perfect darts, we're all like, oh, my God. But like, you know, I wonder how many Michael Taylor or, like, Michael Van Gerwen or Phil Taylor have had in practice. So you could do so it with what, each one. So what will be interesting is, so find out who has the most hole-in-ones as a golfer, which is probably, like, Monty or someone. And then... You, and then you so find out how many that is. So you say they have 20, 25 hole in ones in their career. Then yeah. you go to a darts player, ask them how many nine darters they have. I would say it is closer to a hundred. And yeah. then I would go to the snooker player and I'd ask them how many one four sevens they have. And I would say it's probably one hand, close. maybe. No, I'd say the one four sevens is probably like at least twenty, above twenty. So actually is this I, is this in tournament or practice included? Practice included. Oh, yeah, okay. So I think yeah. overall hole in ones are going to be lower because there's a higher level of luck. Because like as an example, I think my granddad, like he played like amateur golf and was a scratch golfer. And I think he had like seven or something. Yeah. Um. Where like I'm looking here, like most career hole in ones in the PGA Tour, Robert Allenby and Hal Sutton both have ten on tour. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So ten is the. I, I think I if have I, a feeling if... Monty has like twenty five. 
Or was it Miguel Angel Jimenez has like yeah. crazy numbers? Very well. nice, Josh, very nice Rose, pronunciation Rose the there. Jimenez. <laughs> this ain't a hobby, y'all. This ain't a hobby. I, I certainly think that if I did all three, I would have them on my tombstone with the date beside oh, it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, do you know? Um, oh, sorry, it's not even. It's not even the big man. The oh, oh wait, oh maybe it is. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, there's actually it's on the um, it's on the DP World. Uh, website they have like a records page. Okay. Which is Most birdies in one round. Tie loads of people have twelve. Wow. wow. One was in the K Club. Darren Clark had twelve birdies in the K Club. Sorry, I know I'm getting distracted here. I'll let uh, you. Um, you both keep talking. I'll um, wait till I get to the age. Shani, yeah. Shani, just ben. because I've done a bit of traveling recently, and I'm sure absolutely nobody cares, but if I, I've got a few TV recommendations for the people out there, on golf oh, related. Yes. Um, first up, new season of Breakpoint. Love it. I presume you've watched it in your household. We have, yeah. It, it doesn't Ooh, doesn't no. um, do it. It doesn't do much for me. I've just I've kind of gotten into the tennis. I was I was able yeah. to watch tennis on the flight home. Um, for the first time, Emirates had like live TV. It was great. I watched all the Aussie Open on the way back, and I just I feel like I'm really sunk into it now. But yeah, I thought I quite like Breakpoint. I think some of the editing is kind of sloppy, but um, it's good at telling a story. I just I can't, I can't wait for the golf one to come back out. Like to reinterject with um the PGA Tour. In fact, was Hal and Robert <clears throat> Hal Sutton and Robert Allenby. The LPGA is Kathy Whitworth. Shout out Kathy. She has an all time leader with eighty eight career wins, right? And she has made eleven of them on tour. And the European holder is um Miguel Angel Jimenez with ten. And he was tied previously with uh with big old Colin Monte with nine each. So Monte had nine. Okay. And then, um, I have a feeling Monty <laughs> has like tw- 25 outside of tour as well, though. He's that's like a ridiculous number. Oh, I'd say okay. they have an outrageous number. Now, I wonder when <clears> this is actually published, but um, I wonder if somebody beaten it since. But I think it's yeah. no 8th Jan 23. It's still Miguel with 10. Yeah. Uh, next up, Captains of the World, the World Cup documentary. Oh, I am hook it to my is veins. Have you watched? Yeah, watch it. I saw it and didn't click in. It's good. Okay, it's probably not something to watch with your wife. I'm sure she wouldn't appreciate that. But if you're no, she's big into the football these days. It's good. It just gives you a good like, like um, the episode that had this had Senegal Koulibaly. Never a big fan of Koulibaly playing for Chelsea, but like now, now a big fan of his. What are you laughing at, Scott? I'm just laughing at the way he said that. It sounded like he's from Roscommon talking about local GAA. No, no, she'd be big (laughs) into football these days. She'd be big into it. Um. Finally, on my recommendations, American Nightmare. Um, okay. Very good three-part documentary um, on like some crazy shit that happens you've, to this couple in America. You've spent I, a lot of time on so, a plane. Sorry, I've been ta- doing a lot of traveling. Ben, that, uh, for some reason, that name uh, just reminded me that our uh, our agricultural correspondent to the podcast um, sent me a picture from, I think it was abandoned super value of... Um, like 100 cans of liquid death in uh, <laughs> in the super value in Bandon. So um, we're taking over. Liquid death has got to Bandon. And for, for anyone who doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about, liquid death is just a can of water. Go back um, and listen so to a few anyway. of the previous pods. Come here. So to finish. Um, Sorry, also my... just one, one TV recommendation. I haven't watched it, but the Six Nations documentary is coming out. Yeah, that's coming out tonight. Tonight. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, okay. Tomorrow, I think. Tomorrow. 
Um, I've got one one TV show for you not to watch. It's called Fool Me Once. Biggest oh, punch I heard it's no. Yeah, Shani said it was good at the weekend. I was like, yeah, I was just is, about to say, what about the one good, you watched? It's good Shani? for me. It is the worst TV show ever. Is it Michelle Keegan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. I, I like those kind of shows. They're, I think they're, are they Harlan Coben? Oh, that's so, the, I don't know. Honestly, it's terrible. It's like, it's almost like the equivalent of when I was in school writing English. Um, like you remember we used to write English stories, English paper one, yeah. and then at the end, at you'd, like you'd you'd write this far fetched story at the end. You'd be like, and then I woke up and it was all a dream. That's what they should have done. To you. <laughs> I'd say you and my father would get on well then, because I'd say he thought that was crap as well. We're, we're, um, we're it, out, it turned out that her mother was actually her father. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was eight hours. It, it was that kind of stuff, yeah. Johnny, oh, yeah. before you close us off, I actually have a bit of golf that needs to be discussed. Oh, I'm not closing us off at all. I just have no. a. Go you on, let's look, go. You did. You yeah. did have that look about you. You look like I just you're have ready. my. Oh, well, I just have my fourth and final note. Okay, okay, I got there. You, you. How about go. you get that first, so then you can relax for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So on my road to scratch. Um. Yeah. God. I'm still not there. Sure. Uh, but um. So there's a thing called the Titleist Performance Institute, right? TPI, right? Yeah. And um, you can go to a TPI center and you can, or you can go to a TPI certified physiotherapist, we'll call them, right? And they can assess you for like your lower body strength, your upper body strength, your lower body speed, your upper body speed, and basically like give you a plan to be like, you need to get stronger here. You need to get more flexible here. You need to look after your back here or whatever. Like, let's face it, lads, we're going to be playing golf for the next 40 years. We've got 40 years left of this, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a lot mm-hmm. left, right? So you got to look after yourself, right? So I went on to, I, I heard this guy talking about getting TPI assessed, right? On a, on a podcast. And, Danny, um, I watched you. I watched you drink a pint at one p.m. in Pembroke at the weekend on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it was a lovely pint. They're only they're Don't only look after yourselves. I'm starting early on the pint. <laughs> they're only mid strength till three. Um. So anyway, um, where was I? Yes. Yeah, so I went on to TPI's website and looked up Dublin and the location, and didn't one of my old mates come up as a TPI certified physio, Stephen Brownlow. No. So I text him straight away and I says, hang on a second. I did not know that you were TPI certified, having only found out about what TPI certified means five minutes ago. Um, But he said, yeah, no problem. So I'm going down to him next week to get TPI assessed. He's going to have a look at me hips, me flexibility, me power, um and he he has guaranteed me 190 ball speed you are I like the, I like the commitment Johnny you are a marketer's dream yeah yes absolutely uh, here look this is the year I'm telling you this is the year so yeah what? I'm gonna get down there and I haven't I haven't officially asked him yet but sure he listens to the pod so um I'll get him on for a chat after and we can have a chat about um Love about Brown. the uh, the TPI assessments and yeah, if you're if you're if you're another golfer out there like me trying to get to scratch, get yourself get yourself physically ready. The what's, season's coming. What's he going to think when you tell him you've recently swapped your Titleist irons for a set of Mizunos? I was going to ask, are we going to cover this? Next on the this? road to scratch. It next on the road to scratch. There is ain't there ain't no feeling like a Mizuno. 
there ain't no feeling like a Mizuno. For for the I listeners, have, for the yes. listeners, Ben and Shani have recently just well, I believe the background was Ben was playing in Dubai, played with a pair of uh tightest irons, loved them. Turns out Shani has them. Shani, very easy to lead it on. Um so they've come to agree where Shani came to our house, rocked up and went, I was like, Oh, how are you getting on, Shani? He's like, Yeah, yeah. Just actually here to try out Ben's irons, and I was like, "Oh, interesting." <laughs> knowing that Shani recently just got those Titus irons, um, I got them three years ago. Oh, sorry, I thought it was two years, but fair we enough. both oh. we actually myself and Ben both was got that our three irons years ago, Shani? That so there's a bit more, two. bit more value in mine then, is there? Yeah, you, oh, no, they're I'm gone. Not, not quite anyway, sure. It's a straight the transactions. Anyway, amazing. they've made a cowboy. They've made a cowboy swap where um, both of them got fitted for these irons, um, and now they're just <laughs> swapping over. And I can I hope it works out for Ben because it just proves that getting fitted, you could hit it. You could hit it um, with an umbrella if you practice enough of it. Because Shani came back with it and goes, "Unreal." Sends me a picture, and in the picture is just a, the ball mark in the middle of the club face. I was like, "Oh, they're unreal." So, Shani, I, what I, is what is Derek going to think of you just going well, listen, from like? Derek was raving about the Mizunos and the new Mizuno two four five. So. The two two fives are just as good, so I I'm just they're cheat codes. I love them. They are way more suited to me because I'm a slower swing speed player, whereas you should not be playing them because your 180 ball speed is already locked in high high speed. You should be playing T100s for a bit more finesse and control and control. Mm-hmm. You're also irons are actually a strength of your game, whereas they're a weakness of mine. So I feel like this is just going to work out for the both of us. Um, I, just, so, I just like how he was, <laughs> was fitted for these and you're there wrapping up these aren't for you you've got a high ball like, he got fitted for them and it proved and then the best part of it is sitting in the kitchen and they're both lovely sets of irons to be fair and I'm a big fan of Ben's Mizunos and you made a great statement in our kitchen which really made me wonder about the swap where you went oh look I just only really kind of like the grips and the shafts and I was like <laughs> right okay so the bit where you don't hit the golf ball with you're kind of <laughs> meh about but the grips and the shafts are lovely um, oh, that was what then, you don't uh, you don't like the grips and that you like the grips and the shafts in my clubs or in your clubs? Yeah, yeah, no, your club. I like uh, for I remember. So your grips are like lambkin black and mm. gray, and I'd be more of a kind of a color man. So I always remember looking at them, thinking that they looked awful. But as soon as I picked them up, they they feel amazing. Yeah. Well, basically, I just I was borrowing Rob Courtney's clubs out in Yaz Links. And he had the T100Ss and had like a double wrap on the grip. And oh, they just felt like it felt like ben, it belonged in my hand. You'll love them. You'll love them. Yeah. It'll be fine. Um, if you find, my, you need to find me a forearm though. I'll find you a forearm. Yeah. I'm, I'm good at that. Um, so, and then, sorry, the last um, note I have here on my road to scratch is bounce is the best. Um, I think we should all be playing higher bounce wedges. Get, get into that turf. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Just get some turf interaction. I've never really understood bounce, but I've known. I think it's the wrong word, right? Bounce is is a scary word. And people are like, oh, I don't want too much bounce or I don't want too little bounce. I think it's the wrong word. Bounce is an angle. It should just be called angle. Is it like, so the higher right. the bounce, the more oh, you're... Hold on, hold on now, Ben. Before like you bounce, quiz, is, you bounce is just the angle. It's the angle between the leading edge and the trailing edge. Okay. It's the angle. It's not the. It's not like the width of the sole or the depth of anything like that. It's just an angle. Hold so, on, Ben. Hold on, Ben. He, at 5.41 yesterday, <laughs> this is less like, we're talking 24 hours ago, Shani sends me a picture of his new 50 degree with um 12 degrees bounce and the yes. other one with 
with his own with eight degrees bounce or vice versa, right? The next message after that is also, I can't tell what the difference is between the eight or the 12, but I'm happy to just trust the engineers. So before you're expecting a response from Johnny here, uh-huh. where that it's going to be really factual, just realize that he sent me that 24 hours ago. Yeah, but Scott, but- I just played nine holes and I chipped in twice with that 50 degree. It just glides through the turf. Oh, just like I'm not so... debating that it works for you. It's just more the fact of the, the waffle you're about to say to Ben. Mm. Just text me going, I have no idea what the difference is, but it works for me. But my understanding was high bounce is for softer ground, low bounce is for harder ground, or is it the other way around? Well, okay, like, yes, you are right. But just because I play on firm conditions more often than soft conditions doesn't necessarily mean that I should be playing a low bounce wedge. Like I, I like a lot of a uh, shaft lean when I'm chipping, um. So when I'm when I'm leaning the shaft forward, that's actually taking bounce off. So I need high bounce so that I'm still left with some bounce. Mm. Like if I if I lean the shaft forward with a very low bounce wedge, I would end up with basically zero bounce. Just because just because I swim doesn't mean I'm a fish, Ben. You know. <laughs> <laughs> If people God, I'm getting stopped, sick of you in this podcast up there. If people, if people haven't stopped listening by now, they have, <laughs> certainly after that bounce conversation. Oh, okay. Just... Any closing remarks from anyone? Well, <clears throat> there is a little bit of live watch. Um, just, we should get back to talking about it. I love the, the way bit. you always just throw live in at the very end when everyone's t- tuned out. But basically, I'm just like, so live starts in 10 days. Yeah. We still have... Uh, Four players who aren't in a team. So okay. like Ripper need a player. Cleeks need two players. Ironheads need a player. John Ram's team hasn't been announced. John Ram's players haven't been announced. Like, get your shit together, Liv. Like, come on. I, I know they like this whole, the bad boys of golf, but like, this is just terrible management of a organization. Like, how am I supposed to get behind Legion XII if I don't know who's on the team? Are we doing... Are we doing it on the next podcast? Are we doing a whole thing where we each get new teams? Because I am not rocking with the cliques again. Scott, you didn't, never got your cliques tattoo. I did. You just can't see it. It's in an area where I'd prefer not to show in public. Um, Just G-Mac's face with the <laughs> dick, dick bland underneath. I'm just, I'm a bit confused by the whole thing. I think there's obviously something coming down the line. There's an agreement going to be in place. They'll all be back playing at the PGA Tour, but like, Lucas Hebert is supposed to have joined Ripper. Oh, lovely, like, Ben Hebert. Look at that. Hebert, the, uh, Spanish-Australian. Hang on, Lucas Herbert. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he is. Yeah, he's Australian, but don't ruin it, Shani. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was, I was wondering who the hell you're talking about. But yeah, basically, there's 44 players on the website. So we're short two for the amount of teams, but there's one more team. The new boys who got promoted haven't been dished out i have a feeling there's a bit of a standoff between basically like the cliques and the iron heads they don't want the players that have come in and like the cliques are like no why why should we take the unmarketable kazuma onto our team sort of thing and i reckon there's a bit of a standoff there but who knows also just just on that vein of like stuff because i'm looking at the, the the screenshot you sent into that tweet around um yeah uh, can you on a lot more shocking news can you please explain to me the picture of? Do you know the background of Lexi Thompson holding that golf ball? That's a Max Fly three. Is that, that has to be photoshopped. Lexi Thompson is signed for Max Fly. Shot what? up. Max Fly is a golf ball that I played when I was ten in Ring and Anne. 
Lexi Thompson is signed for Maxfly. She's using a Maxfly ball. I could not have told you. I, I have to imagine Maxfly are part of a bigger corporation. Or just get wonder... a bank or... I wonder, where, where would Maxwell she, have the money? I wonder Are they in the kite use, surfing like, world or some random sport that we don't know about? Like, like, I wonder if Max... she's trying to use like a really hard ball to get like max distance off the tee or no. something. She I already reckon, smashes it. I reckon Maxfly must have a soft offering, like a soft ball. But like uh, for for my whole life, Maxflies have been the ball you take the piss out of. Um, we have a new golf course in Ireland. Just standing above the ball, ripping into it. <laughs> just ripping the piss out of it. Uh, we have a new golf course being built in Ireland. Hmm. Do we? In, in Wexford. Oh, yeah. I Tell think me. that golf course already existed, but it's just been bought. Okay. I should have done my research. Because I, I thought there was a thing on there's no... We're not able to build any new golf courses and, and how it was so difficult to build um, the course up in Rossapena, the new one. So, I I'm not sure if this is the same golf course, but I have a feeling this golf course is owned by the same company that owns Druids Glen, and it was already a golf course, potentially only nine, and they're putting in a lot of money and redeveloping it, and it's going to become a new links course in Wexford. So, I'm excited to hear, or else I've got that completely wrong. What was the name of the golf course? Do you know? No, uh, I'm trying to find. We, someone put a link in, didn't he? Yeah, no, I did see it. I was just, I'd be interested to know. Because um, I, I just remember the conversation we were up in Ross. Kerclow links at Ravenport Resort. So I think Ravenport used to be a golf course. Okay. Not sure if it was in action or not. And 20 million uh, euro revamp owned by the owners of Druid's Glen. Do you know who will know the answer to this? would be low cut Jody Crosby. He'd be a man. And that's where I got that initial in- information from. Hmm. Oh, there you go. Um, uh, I believe you only lives around the corner. Right, we wrap it up, folks. Yep. Whether you're Sh- a Peruvian <laughs> prince or you're listening from the Arag- Aragoyan prince, sorry, Shani, yeah, Aragoyan prince, or you're listening from the sand dunes of Dubai. Thank you for uh, you, checking in. Would you like? Would you like one more? Would you rather to to let the listeners yeah. go on? If you, want. I've got. A, I have a couple here. I've got a doozy for you. I've got an absolute doozy. You could say- Say, make sure you save one for next week. Okay, okay. This, this, this will talk. Would you rather erase your worst memory or relive your best one? Wow, that's deep, Ben. Wow. I'm not going to ask you for your worst memory, but if you could, if you could have a little think about what maybe your best memory is, or remember, I just I described a Super Saturday. Maybe you have. What one day would you like to relive? You'd have to go with the relive, wouldn't you? You could get rid of some trauma. <laughs> <laughs> that day I shot eighty-five <laughs> every day. You know what? You know what? One of the <laughs> one of the days that popped into my head was the day we went to watch Monster against Toulouse, and we just had a great day. I think we played golf in the morning. That was oh the, the the drop goal loss in the Aviva. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was lost. one hell of a day. <laughs> It was a great that day. was when um that was when uh the zombie song was born was yeah. really wasn't it yeah anyway, reborn um Jesus that's a great one I might have a think about that for a week and dude, come back dude, to you we'll next come week. back to you next yeah. week next week we'll follow up that, that's a very good one yeah all right folks that's enough for for this week um we'll chat to you next week take Cheers, care lads. and happy golfing. Ciao.